Welcome to the Codependent Me Podcast. I'm Tamara Shaw, a recovering codependent, a codependent life coach, and the co-author of God Turned Mommy's Wine Into Water. This podcast was created to increase the awareness of codependency and to give a more holistic look at the journey and healing of codependence. Welcome to the Codependent Me podcast. This is Tamala Shaw. I am your host. Today we have Nancy Picard. She is a life coach. She is the author of the book, Bigger, Better, and Braver. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. I'm so very excited. Um, I talk about our pre-talks all the time on the show, and I was so excited with the conversation we just had. I can't wait to get into the conversation because I already know it's going to be so good. Um, I want to thank you for being on the show. I've done a little bit of research and you talk about healing your heart. You talk about boundaries, childhood issues, self-sabotage. And of course, all of that can be put in this big ball, this big codependent ball. So I'm so excited to get started today. Um, I am going to ask you first a little bit about your book and how you uh, came to, you know, become this beautiful author. Thank you. So um, I never really planned on writing a book, which is interesting how life just shows up and gives you what you need when you need it. But I had gone, I was turning 60 and I thought, oh, that's such an ugly number. And I wanted to prove to myself that I could still do big things So I trained and I went and I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro and it was amazing. It was a great spiritual event for me. And I thought I was going to write a book about, you know, just, I was, I had been a personal trainer. So how to train and how to be a woman 60 and doing this and living in the elements and da, 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 da. And then, you know, a fellow coach said, no, 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 you have to write a book about like, what's your Kilimanjaro? How do you help other people figure out what their big step is going to be? What are they going to do to challenge themselves and step outside their comfort zone and prove to themselves their own self-worthiness? And so the book ends up being really not just my journey, but it's a how-to book. It's a step-by-step, chapter-by-chapter, how to uncover your vision, how to get out of autopilot how to uncover the disempowering beliefs and the fears that are keeping you stuck, how to get in an excuse-free zone and all of those juicy conversations so that you don't need to hire me. You could get the book and you could step-by-step learn to do it. So it just was a book to offer people so that yes, hire me if you can afford to hire me, but if you can't, you could buy the book, you could take my online course. There's a lot of things you could do without having to just hire a coach. So um, that's that was the origin of the book. I love that. Um, a lot of times now, people are doing step-by-step, um, whether it be a journal or, you know, but I love that because a lot of people right now, because of the pandemic and all of this, they can't really afford to get that one-on-one, you know, because they've got other priorities that they're trying to catch up on. So to be able to go and grab a book 
where you have that step-by-step, you can make your notes and all of that. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. Thanks. And exercises and internal processes and meditations and everything that you need to chunk it down to sizable, actionable steps so that you figure out what your Kilimanjaro is and you go out there and you climb it. That is phenomenal. I love it. You talk about fear. So it was, you said moving beyond fear and you talked about how your journey, um, what was it? How, how was it placed in there? Oh my goodness. Fear can be the force to your change. I think that's how you put it. Yeah. How do you make fear a force for change? Right. So for me personally, anything I'm afraid to do, I know that growth is on the other side of it. I know that if I do the very thing I'm afraid to do, because my mind is saying, I'm not that person, I'm not big enough, I'm not that yet. If I jump in and do that thing, I will be that person. I will be that big. I will be ready to be that. I was asked recently to um, build a course that hopefully it's going to be on LinkedIn Learning. And it's on a company called Gen Connect You. And it's an e-platform for women entrepreneurs. And when they first asked me, I thought, oh boy, I don't know. This might be bigger than me. And then I thought, no, girl, you just got to get out there and do it because then that will be you. You will be the person who has the course instead of the person on this side who doesn't think she's big enough to be that person. Yes, I love that. And And I love that. how you make fear. I love that because a lot of people who are codependent, it's fear that stops them from moving or learning, even learning more about it because it's fear of losing a person fear of people looking at you differently um fear of opinions you know that are not good opinions you know what I mean so belief that if I shine I will lose the people I love exactly absolutely so I love that you you know you talk about fear and boundaries and all the things that codependent people need to hear. Um, Do you have, do you have any, I'll say clients or anything like that, that deal with codependency? I do. And honestly, I dealt with codependency. So I have to say, I have to admit that I had the belief that I was so extraordinary and powerful and productive because I was half of a whole, that because I was married and had been married for 26 years, I could do anything. I could be anything. But it really was because I was half of a whole. I thought, oh, yeah, I am this because I've got that. And when I lost that after 26 years, when my husband no longer wanted to be married to me anymore, When he no longer saw me as worthy, I no longer saw me as worthy. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't have the ability to say, he's a 46 year old guy having the most normal, ridiculous midlife crisis, has to be with a woman who's 29, even though our kids are 26, you know, and I, we were 46, like instead of seeing it as his thing, I immediately saw that I wasn't good enough. 
in that I was unworthy and there was something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And, and then also because he didn't want me anymore, then I didn't want me anymore. And no matter what anybody else told me, every man I dated, oh my God, you're so smart. You're so beautiful. You're so sexy. You're so this, you're so that. I didn't hear it. It like washed, it didn't even stick because Uh I could still only see myself through the eyes of my ex-husband. And it took a long time for me to learn that I was whole because I am whole. Thank you. And that is such a huge, I mean, it's life-changing. So, you know, here's the thing. I don't know about, you know, what your philosophy is about codependency. But for me, it's like you've got two people that are leaning up against each other. And what you really want is that when one leans away, the other person doesn't fall down. Thank you. If you're actually leaning so much on each other that when one pulls away, the other falls down, that's an unhealthy codependency. Ah, You just made my day. I um, was talking to my editor the other day and exactly what you did with your hands and the stick. It's exactly what I told him. So we have the same philosophy. Oh, that's great. So so it's perfect because I do feel as though, like you said, half of a whole, you have to be whole when you go into the relationship. Both Mm -hmm. parties need to be whole. And then that way, you know, we're all going to fall short sometimes, you know? So that's when you can pull, you know, a bit from your partner. But if you're both leaning and you're not that, 100 that's standing it should be like this Mm -hmm. both parties should be steady and then that way if I'm leaning a little bit because I'm having a bad day or a bad week Mm -hmm. you can handle it right Mm -hmm. or you know again same way reciprocity but if you're like this and like you said if one moves boom you know in fact you're both gonna fall fall. (laughs) right yeah so absolutely you have to be 100 standing and healthy right but again, the reciprocity comes in because you're not going to be that like that all the time or every right. day, but in general, you need to be whole. So yes, I love I, that. I, I love that. Also, yeah. something else you just said reminded me, you know, I have a lot of clients where I'll hear stories where they'll say, well, I wanted to do this, but like my husband didn't want to do it. Well, why are you not going anyway? Right. Or like our lives are... If you're in partnership with somebody, it's not to make your life smaller. It's to make your life bigger. It's the cherry on top. So it's like I I promote separate vacations and trips and girls' nights out and boys' nights out. Like, don't make your, you guys are not so connected that you can't do things without each other. Right. And you don't have to be afraid if like, oh, well, you know. I just had a client recently, you know, her boyfriend was, they live in separate places part of the time. And all of a sudden he's like going to a bar restaurant to have dinner. And she, she's worried about it. I'm like, what are you worried about? Well, he might meet somebody else at the bar. I'm like, if he's going to meet somebody else at the bar, then he's not your guy. Thank you. You Right. If you can't let him go sit and talk to people at a bar with you feeling without you feeling insecure and unsafe, you've got work to do within yourself. Because he has the right, he has the right to be able to do this. 
So um, I will share this with you. Um, my brother just passed away. Oh, I'm sorry. So, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, so his funeral was last Saturday. And I was, I was kind of looking through his fake Facebook page, just kind of, you know, telling everyone, uh, thank you for coming and that type of thing. And I saw a Facebook post that said, I can't believe I missed the passing and the funeral of my friend because my girlfriend is insecure. She was so insecure that she stopped him from going on social media, kind of alienated him from his friends. So when my brother passed away, it wasn't until, I guess they just happened to break up recently and he was online and found out a few days after his funeral that he had passed. And I was like, how sad that you are so um, codependent (laughs) on someone that you allow them to pull you from what you want to do. And now, and and he was so sad and, you know, I ended up having a conversation with him, but that's, that's how people are. Oh, well, if you, if that makes you uncomfortable, then I won't do it. And it's something as silly as I can't go on Instagram, Facebook. (laughs) It's like, what? So yeah, that's that's codependency. Uh, Yeah. At its best. (laughs) Right. Or it's worse, right? Or it's worse. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So uh, tell me a little bit about boundaries. How do you have people work out boundary issues? Well, people who are codependents have very leaky boundaries. That's the first thing I'm going to say. So the thing about setting healthy boundaries is to actually figure out for yourself, you know, what works for you? What do you want? What will you no longer tolerate? What will you tolerate? What will you no longer tolerate? Not just with other people, but with yourself. So what are the, where do you need to set healthy boundaries with yourself? Where are you overgiving, overdoing, people pleasing, conflict avoiding? All of those things are signs that you don't have healthy boundaries. And what, what's underneath that is usually disempowering beliefs that your voice doesn't matter, your needs don't matter, or love and life means taking care of everyone before you, or selfish is a bad word. And selfless is a good word. Neither of those are true. They're a spectrum that you need to balance them. So setting healthy boundaries is like, if you're frustrated in your life or you've got anger in your life or life is not working the way you want it to, or you're feeling overwhelmed and lack of energy all the time, you need help with your boundaries. And that's, that's, those are the tell signs that you the telltale signs that you do have leaky boundaries. And then when you work with a boundary coach, what we help you do is figure out like, where do you need better boundaries? Are they with other people? Are they with yourself? If they're with other people, how do you set a healthy boundary in a script that will make it about you, even if it's really about somebody else? So You start with, I feel X when you do Y. Would you be willing to do Z? You know, I feel disrespected when you show up a half an hour late every time we go someplace. Would you be willing to show up on time or call me an hour in advance so I'm not waiting? Right. You know, I'm not hurrying up to finish what I have to do and then waiting for you. 
That's, that's a good. very simple ask. That's good. And, and so, that you break yeah. it down. So simple. Down. That's good. I feel angry when you leave your clothes on the floor. Would you be willing to put them in the hamper? Yes. These are simple asks. And the other piece to a boundary is that nobody can cross them but you. If you set a boundary with somebody and they don't follow up, you have to have a plan B. You know, right. you have to have a plan B. Be prepared. You know, to honor and respect myself. Yes. If you keep showing up late, I am going to take my own car and just meet you wherever we're going because I'm no longer available to show up late because you're late. You know, or I'm not going to even get ready till you call me and tell me you're leaving because I'm not going to sit and finish. I'm not going to leave what I'm doing so I can be waiting around for you. Exactly. Or a healthy boundary is to know I can't go with this person because they're always going to be late. I'm going to just meet them there. You're going to change what you're going to do so that you're not frustrated about what they're doing. Yeah, because you can't change what other people do. You can't make them show up. Right. You can ask. I like that. I love that you break it down because a lot of people, they get nervous when they realize that in order to have boundaries, you have to have communication. You have to, you have to have the asking or, you know, set you have to set the boundary and to set the boundary, there has to be communication. And that's one of the things that codependents have a hard time doing is communicating, especially when it's going against what they would normally do. So I love that you give, you give the script. That's, that's so good. So good. Plus people, people, all of my clients are so afraid to set the boundary. Like when we hang up the phone and they have the action step that before our next phone call in a week, they're going to have set the boundary with their partner, their children, their boss, whoever we've, we've worked it all out. We've scripted it. We're ready to go, but they actually have to pull the plug and do it. It's like, I always smile to myself because they will come back the next week and they will be so surprised how well it went. They will be shocked how well it went. I had a client once who had, who had a partner for 13 years. They had children together, but her name was not on the, the house, you know, it wasn't on the the lease and she, or not the lease, but mortgage. Yeah, well, not even the more, whatever. It wasn't, her house wasn't that. If okay. God forbid something happened to her or them, she had no legal say in this in the house. Right, yeah. And it, she was really so afraid to ask for it. And when she came back the next week, she said, oh my God, I asked. And he said, of course, I'll take care of it. Wow. Because people don't know what your needs are. If you don't ask, That's nobody's it. a mind reader. And if you don't think you're important enough to have your needs met, then your needs are not going to get met. You have to stand in your own wholeness and know that you are worthy of having your needs met and then ask for what you need. And then you'll be so surprised that people, they, your loved ones, they want to give you what you need, Mm -hmm. but they're not mind readers. So tell them what you need. That's right. And if you've made yourself, like you said earlier, if you've made yourself small all of your life, mm-hmm. it's really not their responsibility to make you big. Right. It's not. It's yours. 
it's all in your hands. Correct. So I'm, that's, that's good stuff. Yeah. I love that. Uh, so I want to get into self-sabotage uh, because I feel like that shows up for me a lot. I feel like self-sabotage sabotage, when you're healing comes up because of the old habits. Mm. You're so used to things being in an unhealthy way that truly the healthy way feels strange. So sometimes you can sabotage a situation to make it unhealthy because that's what feels normal. Correct. And I want to get your, okay. your input. Okay. So one thing is the reason why the wrong thing feels good is called cognitive dissonance. And your brain wants what it knows. It doesn't care if it's good for you. Like if you had an abusive father and then you're dating abusive men or they didn't even start out to be abusive, but then they were and you can't believe how did that happen? Well, that happened because your brain wants what it knows. It's comfortable in the dysfunction. It's not out for you to be anything other than what it knows and feels safe with. So that's one problem with self-sabotage is that like I'll have clients say, why do I keep dating the same guy? Or I think I'm going down a new path and then I'm going down the same friggin' path. How is that happening to me? And why don't I recognize it? And that's because your brain wants what it knows. So that's one whole scenario. Um, The other thing is that we all have shadow beliefs. We all have beliefs that are formed from our childhood in the first 10 years of our life, something happened. We weren't old enough, emotionally mature enough to understand it. So we gave it a meaning. I'm not good enough. My needs don't matter. I'm broken. I'm stupid. I need to control everything to be safe. I need to be perfect to be loved. You know, all of these, those beliefs are what's underneath our sabotaging. So if we believe our voice doesn't matter, then we don't, and then, so then we stay quiet. And so we never say what our needs are. We go to meetings and we never give our opinion. We get passed over for, for career opportunities because nobody thinks you've got like a a brain in your head because you never speak any of your ideas. Yeah. So our, we have to really figure out what our disowned qualities and what our underlying commitments and our shadow beliefs, these are all things I help people uncover because mm-hmm. those are the things that are causing you to sabotage yourself. So like an unconscious commitment would be, um, I say I want, mm-hmm. I say I want a new relationship. I say I want to fall in love. I say I want to get married. I say I want a new career. I say I want a new job. I say I want to move. But what I'm experiencing is I find everything that's wrong with my job. And so I leave it. I find everything that's wrong with my partner. So I don't stay. Um, I never speak my mind. So I get passed over. When you can see what the discrepancy is between what you say you want and what you're actually experiencing, Mm -hmm. you're actually getting the thing you're more committed to. And that's your first commitment. So even though you think you're committed to like being married, what you're really committed to is protecting your heart. 
Mm, so that you don't good. go down that road, right? That's really good. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Or you say you want to lose 25 pounds, but what you're experiencing is having dessert every night. So yeah. you're really more committed to instant gratification Ooh. than you are losing the 25 pounds. The 25 you have pounds. To, so yes. you can dissect it when you like mm -hmm. step out of autopilot and you really look and see what's going on and yes. what are you more committed to and where are you putting your attention and what your own sabotaging cycle really looks like. Right. It's, you know, I always talk about the surface hurt or the surface issue. There's always an issue that you put that it's like looking at the water. It's, it's surface, but it's so many things up under right? Mm -hmm. That's where the good stuff is. It's mm -hmm. up under. So doing that work to get under there, get down there and, you know, it's, it's easier to, to swim up than down, right? So yeah. it's work when you go down. So yeah. that's, I love that. That's really yeah, that's good. good. Yeah. So you talk about shadow belief. It, can you explain to us what that is? Yeah. So that's what I was saying before. These are the beliefs that were formed in our childhood that we're not aware of. So I'll give you an example from my own life. When I was five years old, I was playing with a lighter and I put myself in my party dress on fire and I was in the hospital for a week and I was like burned from head to toe, but not, they were first and second degree burns. So I wasn't left with any scars. Um, I didn't really think it played a big part in my life. But 50 years later, when I was doing the shadow work, I uncovered the belief, I am not safe alone. No. Now, for a five-year-old girl who put herself on fire, that is a great belief. You, I was not right. safe alone. Right. So shadow beliefs are formed to keep us safe as little children. They do mm -hmm. keep us safe. I can't do this. I can't do that. You know, you've got a, a, an abusive parent or an alcoholic parent or, you know, abusive siblings. You learn what to say and do and how to protect yourself right. from being, getting yourself in trouble or getting hurt. Right. But those very beliefs, as you get older, they stop serving you and mm. they start costing you. And so you're no longer a child, you're no now. longer a child. Okay. So when you get to, un when you do the work and you uncover them, then you get to give yourself a new empowering belief that's in alignment with the person you are now, where you want to mm -hmm. go. Well, so when I got divorced, I was only 46 years old, but I was so unsafe in my heart because that child inside of me felt unsafe. Oh my God, warning, 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 you know? I can't do this. And, and, and the reality is I was financially secure. I was an attractive woman. I was an athlete. I was smart. I could, my kids were in, finishing high school and then college. I could go anywhere and do anything. I could have moved forward so much sooner if I didn't have that little wounded girl inside saying, oh no, I'm not safe. This is not, this can't be happening. Right. I love that because when, when you do the shadow work, it's almost like you can let go of things that no longer serve you. Yes. Um, 
I'm a I'm a big believer of that. I try to do I try to do work with myself because you have to always check in with yourself because yeah. there are certain things that may have served me a year ago that do not serve me right, right now. Right. So you have to be able to identify those things yeah. and move forward. That's good. That actually goes with boundaries too. Like I'll have clients that will say, "How can I tell my husband that I don't want him to have more than two drinks?" a night when that used to be okay. Like I married him that way. Well, I don't care if something was okay yesterday. If it's no longer okay, it's no longer okay. Right. And you are you are entitled to ask for what you need. Absolutely. Yeah. Just have to give ourselves permission. Yeah. I love that. So where can they find you? We have a website, email address. Yeah, so my website is nancypicardlifecoach.com. And I think I sent you my media kit that has yes. all of that, right? Yeah, yeah, I just like to, I like for people yeah. to hear Yeah, it yeah, so you'll put it in the show mm-hmm. notes. But yeah, absolutely. So on my website um, is the link for my book and like a free discovery call to see if coaching would be for you and lots of freebies, my free chapter. There's all kinds of things there. And, um, but I'm also on social media, Nancy Picard life coach on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook clubhouse everywhere. I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere. I love it. (laughs) Good stuff. Well, thank you so much for stopping by this talk has been fantastic. I know that people are going to be so blessed from the words that you've given us today. Great. And I ask every guest, is there anything that you'd like to say to the audience before we leave? Uh, Yeah, I like to say, get comfortable with being uncomfortable because Mm -hmm. the juice is in the journey and you have to step outside your comfort zone for growth. So just get comfortable with being a little uncomfortable. It gets easier every time you do it. I love it. Thank you so much for stopping by. And you have a wonderful day. And I want to say to my audience, you matter and your story matters. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Bye. I understand that nothing is more valuable than your time. So thank you for listening. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Codependent Me. And check out my website at codependentme.org. Thanks so much. Have a great day.